Janelle. Hello and welcome to the Pinch Magic podcast with me, Rebecca Anuwin. Today I am very excited to have Emma Griffin with us from <laughs> Sacred Space Cornwall. Now, I followed her on Instagram and if you haven't checked out her Instagram, you have to go and have a look. It is the most beautiful feed from like a very aesthetic point of view, but from a very welcoming point of view too. And when I was preparing for the interview, I found she even has a documentary about herself and her life. And I I started listening or watching it rather. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin with this woman. But I did get a sneaky peek into why your feed is so amazing. Because your background is in art, fine art and photography, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. Welcome, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for asking me to be on this. Yeah, I was I was fascinated by, like, I love your page because it, it does have that element of, like, it's very, very aesthetically beautiful, but also it just has that sacred space. I mean, we often get mm. aesthetics that don't feel attainable, but yes. yours has a, a really welcoming vibe. So like I say, link in the comments, go check out the Instagram <laughs> post, give it a follow. It's just, oh, nurturing for the soul. But, you know, you're very there with, like, which claiming the title of which which I want to talk about too but again this documentary your parents were both there weren't they with your mum being very much a witch your dad being a psychic medium yes but you started your journey through art and clothes fashion design working for some very big brands didn't you (laughs) so tell us share share how your story of (laughs) witchiness came about (laughs) (laughs) um well I've been sort of like a a silent private witch for many years so yeah 26 years now so I started you know this path of being a witch um I started a career as a um, fashion designer so because my dad was in the um, fashion industry so I thought Mm. all this is quite interesting and I've always been very artistic because my mum was an artist as well so I went down that road and then after children, because I got two children, I knew that I couldn't be traveling and working mm. in the fashion industry. So I turned into an jet setting around the world. <laughs> so yeah, I became a freelance illustrator. Then I went into interior design. Then I moved to Cornwall and went back to um, sort of studying for myself. So I did a fine art degree part time, which I loved. And I'm very dyslexic, so I started using my camera to communicate to the tutors of what I was trying to sort of get across. Mm. And then people started asking me to photograph for them, so that went into over a decade of editorial photography. And it wasn't just people, was it? There were some famous celebrity names in there too. So humble, look at you, you're like, oh, it's okay. It's amazing. <laughs> so... I mean, that comes through in all of your work, obviously, that that artistic side. But what was it, if we go back, what was it Mm. like growing up with a witch as a mum and a psychic medium? Because most of us don't have, like, the joy of that. (laughs) But maybe it wasn't a joy. (laughs) Maybe it was like, oh, my God, yes, that's my parents. Because I'm I'm waiting for the day when my little boy is eight, when he realises that not every household has has multiple cauldrons. <laughs> when you go, yeah, oh, that's, that's where's your time. cauldron? And yeah. they're like, who has a cauldron in their house? Yeah. So yeah, what what was that I like? I thought you? I always thought that it was normal. I didn't yeah. realise until I met my husband at seventeen that not everybody's family were like mine. 
Um, my mum used to make me little miniature leather um, books made by fairies and leave them on my pillow. Mm. We didn't have much money, so my mum would use her imagination. We'd jump off the beds into different worlds on different cushions, and it was just it was purely magical. And my mum was so talented at making um, like props, like Harry Potter props. She could have worked for Harry Potter, really. She can make a mandrake, you know, that would be completely realistic. She would paint and make us things to play with. So it was just like being in Hogwarts with mm. my mum. Um, yes, she was a witch and she was a well-known tarot reader. She had her own deck that was quite popular in America. And then my dad was more spiritual. He taught me how to meditate and connect to myself and dimensions and angels. And, and then he took me to a spiritual church one day. And I saw a psychic development group there and I was really fascinated. So I decided to go all down that road and he came with me. And then one day he just stood up and did platform mediumship because the medium didn't turn up. And I like pulled him down saying, what on earth are you doing? You can't do this. And he just did it. Amazing. <laughs> with no fear. So he did that quite often. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a bit of a normal. Then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how... You then, like, did you try and be normal to go down, like, a fashion career place? I mean, obviously, that's what your dad had done originally anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, just, I kind of, like, um, sort of, like, changed heads. I, I also tried to, I've been speaking to spirits since I was four, and, and I thought that was normal, and my mm. mom and dad never said it was wrong. So when you start going into the muggle world, I think it was around about 18, I was thinking, well, this doesn't seem to be normal. So I kept a lot of it back. So it wasn't really until, well, when I was doing fashion shoes, I would give models crystals and I would give them guidance, but they didn't know it was guidance. They just thought I was really wise. And yeah. Wise. <laughs> so I never told what, people. What a wise photographer we have today. <laughs> <laughs> or that cleanser space or anything, but yeah. they never knew what I was up to. So I never really publicly came out, so to speak until I really started the sacred space as a business and that wasn't a chosen business it's just sort of happened so mm. I'm still quite surprised actually that people are interested so much about my Instagram or my world yeah so. well I think it's so beautifully curated <laughs> you know, and of course the content is really rich and powerful and potent and authentic mm -hmm. too and mm -hmm. I think that's something I think people are really really craving right now aren't they yeah. is like yeah. they want truth they want a space yeah. where they can just be themselves and let go of the judgments and expectations and yeah. um, I think definitely the <laughs> the circumstances of the last few years yeah. have done that and again in your would it would it have been in your um documentary that I saw this mm -hmm. and something I found was like during COVID when we had a forced lockdown it's like a lot of people had to go and do inner work Yes. And they were like, oh, hang on a minute, there's an inner world. And you <laughs> yeah. know, some of that would be like trying people trying to make sense of things. Does that tie into when you came out of the broom closet, so to speak? Or were you just before um, that? Because I think you said it was, it was about 18. Bit, yeah, just before yeah. that. It was um, 2019. Mm. My um, dad passed away. And then my mum, after my dad passed away in the January, and then in the spring, my mum told us that she had cancer. So it was a bit of a whirlwind mm. and um, I wanted to have like a space to help her through her cancer treatments. 
So I hired a studio and to cover the rent of the studio and I'm work as a photographer, I thought I'd open this up to the public and oh. just do some healings and yeah. sort of mentoring. I kept it quite light and that was popular. But then when we had lockdown, obviously I had to move out of the studio mm. and I thought, well, I could try this thing called Zoom. And then literally <laughs> <laughs> that made me go global. So it was a blessing, really, because it kind Mm. of pushed me out of my comfort zone and I had to come out. Yeah. Then my mum passed away. So, yeah. Well, this is my path. This is your, and since then, that's what you've been dedicated to, is it? Yes. Yeah. 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 I quit the photography. I did put a, I think I put nine months on from when I came out to actually close the photography business. And then the client sort of took over and I just thought, right, no, I'm ready to walk away from Mm. that industry and step into this but this doesn't feel like a business this is how I live my life so it's very it's strange yeah. I really only really realized recently that it is a business and I've got to think of it as a business but yeah I'm still trying to find my way around mm. it all because I never expected to have such a wonderful community that I have and and the opportunities it's given me so yeah so how did you decide what it is you were going to offer because mm. I was going through your website and I was like, Oh, you've obviously got a sacred space. And then um, you've got like readings and soul readings and past life clearings. It's like, how did you, mm. I know you're saying, Oh, you're not very businessy, but clearly stuff yeah. is coming through you in a very like, Oh, this is the offerings. And I love the fact it's like, my work doesn't feel like a business either. Cause it's like just yeah. connecting with incredible people. And it's like, what mm. a joy <laughs> we yeah, get to do okay. this. but how is it why did you offer what you chose to offer and how did you how did all of that come about for you particularly focusing on the past life stuff because that's you know (laughs) (laughs) might be a little interest of mine talking to spirits yeah well most of it has come from me sitting in meditation and asking Mm. what should I do because I did feel lost I think losing both my parents so quick after each other um, I did feel lost and I remember I went for a walk in this beautiful field and just sat hidden in this corn so I just had that there and I was just really sad and just felt empty and didn't know which way to turn mm. and I was doing them um, just basically healing at that time for people and then my spiritual team which I call my council showed me this um, thing this offering of actually just connecting with somebody and giving them guidance from them. So I would just channel what they're saying and then told me the name, which was a guidance medicine readings. I thought, okay, yeah, because I obviously have to trust what I receive. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to be really terrified. I'm going to put this out in the world. And that's actually my most popular session. Yeah. And then because during the guidance medicine reading, I do see flashes of people's past lives, not all of them, but it does come into the sessions because each person is different. Mm Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, I'm going to have January off this year. And actually, well, it's December, January. I would train and actually learn to hold space and actually really deep dive into the past life therapy. So mm. I'm just now qualified in that. Oh, brilliant. Um, but it was funny doing the course because I kind of like knew it all anyway. So it was just like I just needed to get the, <laughs> the accreditation, I think. But it was really fun. Mm. Um the house clearings I used to do ghost busting so I've always done I've always worked with spirits good and bad um spirits so I've always moved them and cleared them and 
or move them onto the light. So that's always been in my life. So I find mm. that quite easy and normal for me to do. So I thought I'd offer that because I'm comfortable in that. Yeah. So, yeah. so you said you started chatting to spirit at like four and you yeah. didn't realise like people didn't do it. And I think a lot of people have that. You know, they chat to their air quotes imaginary friends. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. And I, th- well, yeah. Whether yeah. they can remember it or yeah. you know, whether they want to claim it or just get, oh, no, yeah. that was just, you know. from the so- age of four and seven, <laughs> I think we're very open as children and I think yeah. we do hear and see things and then the schools and society and family shut that down. Yeah, I think there's the shutting it down and keeping us busy and distracted. Yeah. You know, we're already good little consumers at that age, aren't we? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember once my little boy said something about his soul coming into my body when oh. I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, tell me more. And then suddenly yes. he realised what he was saying. And he was like, oh, no, no, mummy. Oh, I don't know. But I was just like, oh, I got a glimpse of the magic right there. You know, and I was like, I will carry that. Um, but as you grew older, how have you, like, uh, fostered that relationship with spirit? How do you make sure that you're not having, I mean, do you believe in having dodgy energy around and how that impacts you? Do you have a way of like maintaining your own energetic health yeah, throughout all um, of this? Yes. I've kind of wanted on and off through my life to actually what I would call put spirit in a box to shut it down. Um, I got ill in my 30s to 40s and I I had this strange thing of thinking they should have told me, should have warned me, which is silly. You didn't now. just get a little bit ill, did you? No, I had different cancers. You had three <laughs> types of cancers within ten yes. years. <laughs> yes, it yes. was a pretty rough ride. Yes. So I kind of lost my faith with them. Mm. Um, but then I soon realized I can't stop it. This is just something that I can do. So mm. I just carried that on. And I do look at it as a blessing. It is nice to do that. But with good, you know, with people on the earth plane, you get good people, naughty, nasty, you know, and you do have that in the spirit world as well. So, yes, you do have to be careful. And there is quite frightening things out there in the world in that realm, as well as is here in our day to day lives, you know. Um, So we do have to be careful and not muck about with it. And we do have Mm. to look after our own energy. So I do a lot of cleansing. <laughs> so obviously I'm working quite a lot with clients and it's like a roller coaster. Some of them are in real dark, difficult positions in their lives or um, they need their house clearing or, that it's, or they're really positive. So you're, you're mm. constantly up and down. So yeah, it's a lot of smoke clearing, Epsom salt baths, being with my dogs and my husband and laughing, dancing, mm. having fun. Yeah. Shifting that energy. And I always think the energy clearing piece or that or maintaining your own energy, like energetic hygiene, it sounds so boring, but it's for me, so you know, boring. practicing in this world for, you know, however many decades, it's yeah. it's so essential, isn't it? And I think it's yeah. part of the thing that people don't talk about. Now, as you say, you can a lot of people can mm. feel quite frightened. Like you said, you know, there are things out there that maybe yeah. we don't want connecting with, yeah. but no different than in the physical world either. Yeah. You know, there's some places I probably wouldn't want to go after night, you know, and be like, oh, let's let's avoid that. And because yeah. we can do it with intention in the physical world, we can I feel we can also do that with intentional intention in the yes. other world. Do you do you agree with that or do you think that? Yeah, being with intention. If you're holding space for others, you've got to be able to hold space for yourself. Mm. No one's gonna do it for you. So you've got to keep your energy sort of as perfect as you can. 
Yeah. And um, when did you realize that actually that's a path you wanted to do for other people? Because I, I have a, I'm asking from obviously a very selfish point of view, which is why you're here. <laughs> but um, I I always have this this thing, and people that have listened to my podcast for a while know this about me. It's, it's a bit of a standing joke. When I'm working with people in session, I'll see things, I'll hear things, I'll channel it all through. I've got no issue with that. And then a dead person will come along and I'm like, nope, yeah. outside, you're not coming along. I don't want to talk to dead people. I don't want to be that person. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. um, however, in my astrological chart and everything else and readings I've had, this year is the year when I'm apparently going to claim it. So we'll see. <laughs> but how did you get confident to like say, oh, like you, you did a seance again. <laughs> I feel like I know so much about you because of your documentary. <laughs> Check it out. It's on. Her, it's in her LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, it's in her Instagram bio there. Um, that you did a seance and you connected with your grandfather. Yes. Yeah. So my mum used to do Sunday dinner, Sunday roast seances. So it was normal. So it's like a normal so family thing that you yeah. do. And around about 18, I took it really seriously. I thought, yeah, I really want to do this properly. Mm. And my grandfather came through then, and that was the first time that I reconnected someone that I loved. Mm. So that made me really interested because normally it's what I will class as spirit is like um, chitter chatter, it's, it's pointless conversations if you don't yeah. know them. So they would just tell you things about how they passed or a memory or something like that. It's very chitter chatter. It's nice, yeah. but it's nothing like strong guidance or anything like that it's not like your spirit guide mm-hmm. so um yeah I just it is part of me and then when my spirit council said this is what you should do and help others I, because I trust that and I, I've made a commitment to myself as a witch to honor what I received so I had no choice and it was terrifying and I just came out and said this is my offering and that was amazing (laughs) I think you've just touched on something so important there it's like (laughs) she's like oh god what um that you made a commitment to yourself to trust yeah and that is a really I yeah I think it's possibly one of the most sacred commitments you can take you can ask of yourself isn't it to trust the information so I know that you you're like you're an intuitive you teach people how to connect with their intuition how did you first decipher and untangle like that knowing that it was you and your intuition and maybe not a fear or a you know like an expectation because I think sometimes people can confuse the two (laughs) and be like oh it was definitely an intuition and I'm like I don't think it was so how how for you I mean obviously it was probably very natural for you growing up in the household that you grew up in but when you're teaching that for other people how do you help them to recognize the difference between and oh god this is what I have to do because it was given to me by spirit and and going oh this is what I have to do because it was given to me by spirit but actually it was given to you by judgments expectation trauma societal expectations etc yeah that's just a really good question your intuition will always tell you something from a place of love it's mm. very soft um for us women it's very feminine and gentle and it will guide you in a direction um that is you know it's going to be positive if your mind space then feels a fear then you have to stop and work out where that fear has come from because Mm -hmm. if your gentle heart space of your soul says 
you should start doing readings <laughs> and I have heard you're going to start in the summer solstice so that is your that is your month <laughs> so that's June as soon as you said that it's like June so, um, <laughs> so what was I saying Shh. we'll delete that part of the podcast for anyone listening <laughs> As if I've ever edited any of my podcasts. <laughs> no, we were talking the difference between intuition and fear. <laughs> right. So if you're if your soul now puts you in the direction of like you're gonna start doing readings. Okay. She, you should see the look she's giving me right now, honestly. <laughs> I don't know who you're looking at, lady. <laughs> your mind space would be like, oh, I'm not ready in mm. I don't know how that's gonna happen. It comes out of all these ridiculous doubts and fears. But your intuition has told you. So because you honour yourself, you have to Mm. step forward and give it a try to eliminate those fears. We need to provide ourselves with our own evidence. Our fears come from society, evidence or past or trauma Mm. or shame or things like that. So we need to keep, and I also think it's easier for me probably because I've had lots of death you know, yeah. I've had to look at my death many times and I've worked with the dead and I've had to, I've lost people that I love. So I think we are here to have challenges and it helps us to spiritually grow. Mm. Why are we here? It's a bit boring, isn't it? If we don't step into the fear and face it anyway. Yeah, I don't, just, I, I think, you know, I often think I live in a very different world from many people. Yes. And I'm like, but I love the world that I live in. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, you full do. of magic. And, you know, there's a, I saw a little meme once and said, witches are never alone. It's like so true. Change yeah. your crystals, your familiars, yes. rich people. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I think my one wish for people is that they trust themselves, it's is trust. that they come back to themselves yeah. and can like connect with their intuition. I remember um, I was around a dead person actually. Um, one time that I kind of questioned myself because it was somebody, somebody's father had passed mm. and a friend of mine had said, you know, what's going on with them, you know, and they wanted like kind of a message. And I was like, hm, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, I've got a line of dead people outside my office door that I'm not talking to. I'm like, yes, when I'm ready, when I'm about 80, you know, then I'll, then I'll think about it. And I said, okay. And just straight away, the message came through before I could even think about it. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, maybe. And she just said to me, do you not trust yourself? And honestly, it's like someone had slapped me around the face because I'm like, oh, my God, no, I trust I trust myself implicitly. Yeah. And she was like, no, she goes, that was exactly the message he would have given. Because it just seemed like such a, a cold yeah. message from somebody that had passed. <laughs> you know, I was expecting it to be a bit more, I don't know, love and light or something. But yeah. it wasn't. She goes, no, that's exactly what he would have said. And it was like that because she questioned whether I trusted myself because I was like going, this could be the message, but I might have just made it up. And she's like, do you not trust yourself? And I was like, oh, my God, no, I do. Yeah, it's true. We have yeah. to move the ego and the fear out of the way. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I love the piece that you said then about, like, gathering the evidence. Yeah. And I think, like anything, these things are practices and skills, you know, whether it's yeah. doing your magic, whether it's connecting with your intuition, <laughs> chatting to dead people, whatever it may be. <laughs> it is a practice and a skill, and the more we do it and the more yeah. we – gather the data that the information resonates suddenly we do trust don't we but it starts with us being brave enough to start yeah 
yeah. rather than going, oh, wait until I'm ready. And it's like, yeah. you're never going to be ready. You might not ever be ready. And yeah. then you, that, you know, get another decade on you and you think, oh, I really wish I did. Wish I'd started back then. I would be really good yeah. then. Whether it's t- taking a photo or weaving your magic, it doesn't matter, yeah. is it? It's like, yeah. start now. <laughs> Live that life. Yeah. So how did you raise your children? As in, like, in the magical world, did you raise them the same way your parents had raised you, <laughs> seances on a Sunday, or, you know, in that magical world? Or did you kind of, like, hold back a little bit more from that? Um, I didn't do the dead people with my children. as much. They always knew about um, ghosts and spirits and stuff. Mm. My son did start recalling his past life when till up to his age of four. Mm. So I was thrilled, obviously. And I was <laughs> like, Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he did see um, spirits and did have a special friend. So and my daughter was more interested in witchcraft. She was interested at the age of seven. Mm. And obviously her nanny and me would be talking about it a lot. So she would be a part of that. I never forced them into anything, either never put my beliefs onto them, mm. but I did sort of mirror to them. So I did show them about the seasons. It was like gentle things yeah. and we would do fun, like make spell bottles, you know, things like that. But it's very gentle it wasn't like this is what we need to do or yeah just play and then my daughter as she got older she was more interested so my mum actually bought her some very light-hearted I think it was a cookery book that she bought her first about putting magic into cooking and she loved Mm. it and then my husband bought her this lovely antique sort of chest and we filled it with magical tools for her Amazing. I think she's about 10 or 11 at that age. And then, of course, school, boyfriends, they go dipping out, don't they? And my son's, he made the documentary, so he's very proud. He loves the fact that I'm a witch. He doesn't sort of shy away from that. He didn't like me burning sage or uh, frankincense. He didn't like that. He's fine with the seances. He's he joins in for um, like Halloween. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he will he will join in a few of the Sabbaths with me yeah. family. Um, but it, my daughter, I initiated her as a witch last year with some other sisters of mine. So she is a witch now. So yeah, amazing. That's an interesting thing, then. So, <laughs> do you believe witches need to go through an initiation to claim the title witch? Because no. you said, oh, she went through an initiation, so now she's a witch. Yeah, no. She what, asked, what's your feelings about that? I, I initiated myself, even mm-hmm. though my mum's a witch. My mum's magic and my magic are very different. Mm. So <clears throat> my mum sort of just showed me a few books, and because I'm dyslexic, I found that very hard. So I've kind of learned my own way and learned from mm-hmm. her, but it's it's very different. Um, so I initiated myself and made a commitment to myself and burned it in the fire. Mm. And all of that. So my daughter's always known I've done that. And then she wanted me to do that for her. Oh, and I wish that, you know, I would have liked that. So she's really yeah. the witch that I wish I was at 23. That she's yeah. 23 now. And then because we have the our little soul sisters together, uh, they all asked if they could be initiated at the same time. So I thought, well, this would be so beautiful yeah it was oh really that's amazing yeah. so yeah last july so. so how would you describe your blend of like magic and witchcraft mine's more like molly weasley mine's more gentle <laughs> <laughs> i'm known on tiktok as the real molly weasley <laughs> um 
Mine is more. Oh, that's amazing. You know, I will. I live my life through rituals, so mm. I will banish things, or um, I will, you know, bring things forward. I've done, you know, spells for clients and for work for a book deal. I've, you know, I've managed. I've done all these things um, to help my sort of path, which is fun. Um, I don't do any hexes, but I do remove hexes. Mm-hmm. I don't advertise that, although I just have. On <laughs> Welcome do, do. to thousands and thousands of people now. Now after your services, <laughs> yeah. Um, mine's all about fertility, love, happiness, mm. um, abundance. You know, which you know to have that, we do need power. to remove the junk, don't we? Yeah, because that's the bit. So that I don't do the love spells. I don't do. I bring your ex partner back, or I don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have views on that too. Um, <laughs> so why or how did ritual become so important for you? Rituals, I think because I'm so dyslexic, it gives me this, this grounding sort of structure to my life mm. and it helps me get uh, emotions out. I remember when I've been in dark times to actually be on my own and really focus that energy to banish or cut the cords or release. It really does help my mental health basically in a selfish way does help me a lot so I would I would love to be able to teach that for others Mm. I really do think ritual is one of the things that can bring people great solace great connection great power I think it's one of the things that we're kind of missing in society because when we I believe, quite rightly so, are stepping away from traditional religion and the dogma that comes with that and quite often the hate, even though it's a, most religion is supposed to be about love, often it goes a little bit further away from that. And so when people have turned away from that, you know, you know, particularly in the UK, there's not many people that I know that still actually go to church the way that they did. And I think Whilst I might not agree with the religious aspect, I think there's great power in gathering as community, of having yes. a ritual, of having a rite of passage. And mm. I, I know that you're in Cornwall and I grew up in a fishing town. Mm. And it's like, I, I always think that in the olden days, probably not that long ago, but when the, the fishermen went out to sea and there was a storm, you can just imagine the people gathering in community and holding vigil until the safe return. And whilst it may or may not influence the safe return, it gives them something to do. It gives them something to hold yeah. on to. It gives them a prayer, a rosary, a practice. The smoke, the, you know, yeah. the eating the body of Christ, witchcraft. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it gives them something to do. And I think we really miss that as a I society. COVID mm. made it worse for us. I think that really woke so many people up and it really made us crave to be in communities and what we need as individuals. Mm. And I think women have always needed a sisterhood. We've yeah. always needed to talk and share and help and heal and be there for other women. And mm. society has turned it into this judgment and this competition and this fast-moving life when really everything is taking us away from actually connecting to ourselves. And I think that my way of living and your way of living, it brings us back home to ourselves. Yeah. And that's when we can actually, you know, work out what we're wanting, what we're wanting to let go of, what we're wanting to call in and how we're feeling. It helps with everything, our mental health, our hormones. Mm. It's important. 
Yeah, and I, I think that is so important. Um, I, I have a community and we gather every Sunday oh. and we do ritual and then we gather to chat and we call it shelling the peas <laughs> because sometimes we're talking about like the big things in life. Like recently, like this weekend, it was like AI, <laughs> chat GPT, oh, wow. and like how that's like <laughs> yeah. influencing magic and how that's changing society with this like Pluto, uh, Aquarius, you know, energy going on. So we were like, way off there and then there's someone else like doing the housework just as we're having this conversation you know and it is like the old communities of like shelling peas together of just coming together to to do all of the things and I think a lot of people miss that place where they're just welcome yeah I think that's beautiful you do that I think our grandmothers did it but there's this huge gap isn't there Mm. and yeah and I think because even I was, I was thinking about this the other day, like even if you're like meeting with a friend, you're usually doing something, yeah. you know, like you're having coffee or you're going for dinner or you're going to the yeah. theatre or to a show or, you know, for a walk. But there's there's an objective. Yeah. Whereas I, I can't remember where I'd seen or read this or someone had told me. And it's like, it'd be nice just to have a friend to do a chore with. So you're just yes. like <laughs> paying the bills together or like returning the library yeah. books together and just doing I mean, there's still an objective, but it's yeah. a different kind of outcome. It's just like just sharing, sharing the load, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. having that moment of connection. Yeah. So how how has like that ritual changed your way of being in the world? Well, the rituals that I do. Just in general, just living a life of living sacred life. space. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm sorry I think Google about it because when you when you look around the you step out of your home or you step out of your my little witchy sisterhood and you go into the muggle world I feel quite blessed and really Mm. lucky that I do have a life like this and you know lots of people say well you have to buy this and it It doesn't have to cost you a penny it's just the fact that I'm noticing life around me and life within me that's all it is I think I I took this off your website and I just love the line. It said, well, it might have been, I don't know where, somewhere. It said, sacred space, who I am and how I live my life. Yeah. And I love that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it is. It's a way of being, isn't it? Not just a thing. It's my religion, I yeah. isn't it? You know, mm. this is how I live my life. If someone was listening and they were like, oh my God, I wish I could be more embodied in their magic in their power where would you recommend they start meditation oh what kind of meditation do you did you start um, with i think if you've you? never done meditation before it's good to get a guided one off youtube mm-hmm. or there's plenty of apps and things um and start getting used to what it feels like to be in an alpha state and connecting to your breath and just slowing down but i really do feel just listening to music or walking in nature or just being in silence and breathing mm. two to five minutes will actually create some stillness into your present moment and it's yeah. there is where we hear our intuition there where we can check into our bodies where we're holding stress or what intentions do we wish to set or what do we want to let go of or how are we really feeling and I think that gives us that pause mm. and you can do journaling as well and start asking your soul how are you feeling you know, what do you want to do today or how has the day been and start getting to know who you are, that does connect us back to ourselves. Yeah, and I, I do. I think they're absolutely essential. I talk about something called the sacred pause, who I heard from Molly Reema, who heard from Joanna Colbert. 
Powell. And I'm like, I like to try and remember where I hear these things. I'm not very good at it yeah. always. But, and it is, it's like just taking a moment, just yeah. even just like, and just taking a breath with your hand over your heart, just yeah. like stops all the noise around us just for a moment. Yeah. But sometimes having that minute moment is enough to bring you back to yourself. Yeah. And make the right choice for you rather than yeah. like, it's the old fashioned count to 10, isn't it? Count yeah, to 10. It but it's it like, you take that moment. First cup of coffee, use that. Mm. You know, yeah. While kids are busy playing or stuff, you can still do it. Yeah, yeah. take that first sip with intention. Yeah. Yeah. The word witch is so popular on social media. People are jumping at buying all the books and doing what all the books say. And I think if you're going to step on a path of being a witch, you need to know yourself first. So this is the best sort of starting point. And then reading and the researching and, you know, it's fine. But it all starts with knowing who you are. I always think I'm a bit of a boring witch. (laughs) <laughs> a bit of a boring message but I'm like yeah I'm in good company I'm with Molly <laughs> Molly Weasley over there because it is exciting isn't it and it's like when you first open up to this other world of possibilities it's like <gasps> the cold I have a bit of a cauldron fetish myself I have, I have many um cauldrons and you know yeah. crystals and herbs and burning stuff and it's all very exciting yeah. but I think to have the power to be able to direct the magic from within it starts from within and if yeah. you don't know who you are yeah. and you're not sure what you want and it sounds like a really of course I know who I am I'm Rebecca and it's like yeah but yeah. do you know what you actually yeah. want beyond the expectations and the judgments and what your mum wanted for you or your dad yeah. wanted for you or society expects from you yeah. or the boundaries that you're setting or are you facing those fears yeah it's like and honoring yourself and Mm. You you get to that point I don't think you can you know step onto the path fully yeah well you might yeah it's just like if you put wonky energy in you're going to get wonky energy back aren't you and it's like you might think it's it's kind of like spells for me a bit like recipe books you might catch a recipe that works really well but actually perhaps you need to change a few ingredients for it to like really hit the spot and I think when you're trust yourself and you know who you are and you're confident in yourself and you're confident in like creating safe space for yourself to explore these things then you can look at someone's recipe for a spell and then go do you know what I don't actually like that fragrance I'm going to switch it for this because it has similar properties or I feel in you know I know that's not going to kill me if I I start burning it but that's the inner confidence that you've gained from finding who you are and I think, you know, we're always learning who we are. It's no, you don't get to a point when you're 20, get right, no, I am. You know, because especially women, we're changing so much. Like when you have a child that changes you, we're reversing mm. all the time. And through like the perimenopause and menopause, you're changing all the time. So, you know, we've got to keep checking in with ourselves. Maybe our values might change a bit. Or yeah. maybe we have new beliefs or so our magic then will change. Yeah. And like how we're responding to life. Yeah. Talking about the changes mm-hmm. between 30 and 40 were like crucial years. Three types of cancer is mm-hmm. quite a. Yes, yeah, pretty tough. Pretty tough. And then by the third one, you must be like, come on now. Really? <laughs> the third one? Um, how, what supported mm-hmm. you through that? Because um, I know that you said like, you know, going through challenges, like connection to your spiritual self. I mean, that mm-hmm. is challenge after it's challenge after challenge. Yeah. Challenge. I think. 
the first two um were any why well, I say I to kind of say it very Disney fried down, but the first two were stage two. Mm. So it wasn't as scary, I suppose, as the last one. Well, any kind of cancer is yeah. We but still I, hold the energy of like, oh ouch, yeah. that's quite scary. But the last one they said I wouldn't survive that. So mm. they actually gave me a timeline. So I think the main thing for that is that that's actually when I started, when I got the diagnosis for that, I started a photography business. I thought, right, well, I'll start up a business and mm. just jump into this creative world, um, which it wasn't as good as I am doing now, but it sort of fed what I was needed at that time. And I think the biggest thing for me is I surrendered. I completely oh, surrendered. The S, the S word. And, and also, <laughs> we're not so good at that, are we? That's my word for the year. <laughs> oh, that's my word for this year. Oh, magic it's is like, happening. Yeah. <laughs> but I surrendered to, you know, that this isn't going to happen. I am going to survive. And mm. I put markers in front of me, which I used my oldest child, my daughter, to so that I would actually see through. And yeah. I, I still put the markers on now. You know, because I just keep, to make sure, but yeah, I'm like, well, I'll go <laughs> gonna wait for you to be 60 now. Yeah, so yeah. how long past that diagnosis are you that they gave you? They said I wouldn't be here at 14, I'm 46, 47 now. I'm 46, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. good age. Um, so yeah, well yeah, past that then, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then a couple of years ago, I did die for a minute with pneumonia, so death's been constantly going around, <laughs> just died for a moment, just for a moment. <laughs> Yeah, but with so the cancer though, you could be more structured with that though, couldn't you? Rather than having pneumonia as yeah. a bit more like a a moment. Actually, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But so, do you feel that giving your giving your life like a real purpose, as in I'm going to do yeah. what I want? That's the you want to waste it. It changes. Yeah. Also, when I do, I have a lot of clients who have got cancer. I always tell them you look back at it as a, a biggest gift mm. because it really did shake me up and make me look at my whole life. And yeah, three times, well. Yeah, it's like I didn't get my message. It's but, like, oh, I did that one okay. They're like, yeah. oh, my God, look at her. Come on, right, okay, yeah. we'll go for another one. And they're like, she's still not listening. But oh, it, my I goodness. do believe as well that um, we hold traumas in our body. Mm. And if you're not careful, relate into disease or illnesses. So I do believe that my cancers come came from that of stress yeah. and traumas and things like that. So now I make it's made me be more selfish. I know that's a bad yeah. word to say, but I am more selfish because I've read a whole book myself, about why we have to be more selfish. Yeah, <laughs> you have to put yourself first, and mm. then you could be the best mum, you could be the best wife and sister, and you can really look after yourself. And that's if, a part of knowing who you are. It is. And there's such a <clears throat> expectation, particularly for like mothers or women, that they should be selfless. Yes. And I was like, how horrific is that? <laughs> it's like the reason I'm so wonderful is because I have a self. The reason you're yeah. so wonderful is because you have a self. If I was just a shell, yeah. it's like, what is the point? Because yeah, when we are blessed, either yeah. you know, to put yourself first makes you become a better mum because yeah. you know if you're tired or not, and you know what you need. Because you can be more generous yeah. when you have more resources. Yeah. That's just a fact. If I have more energy, I can be more generous with my energy. If I have more resources and assets, I can be more generous with them. If exactly. I'm depleted, frustrated, knackered, <laughs> tired, you better believe no one's getting anything, <laughs> anything good. <laughs> it's just like it's just not happening mm -hmm. so with this relationship with death talking to dead people spirit 
you have pneumonia in Canada, I believe. Yes. Die for a moment. <laughs> can you remember? I I actually know you can remember because I have seen the documentary. But <laughs> what was that moment like? Uh, I can't remember the actual... Um, I can remember going into an ambulance, mm. but I just remember just I didn't see a tunnel of light, so to speak, or heaven or all those things that people say. But I did see like um, orbs going from me and away from me. There's like mm. busy flashes of orbs and then just felt really calm. <laughs> oh, my God. The afterlife is going to be busy. Remember. That's just what we want to hear. <laughs> I was like, where's my rest? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think those orbs were do you think they were yeah, spirits spirits there yeah, spirits because obviously i since obviously talking to dead people like i ask them the same things what happens mm. what's it like up there where do you go what do you do and i also speak to my parents that oh, what do they do what do they go up to what happens next <laughs> they have different heavens your mom so and dad do yeah i do believe the word heaven mm-hmm. um but they have their own heavens, so it's mm. completely different. And in my opinion, my mum's is nicer because my mum's main um, gift on the earth plane was an artist. Yeah. So she has created this magical, whimsical world. So she, she created for you when you were a child. Yeah, so she's now living in that world of all our pets where my dad he loved traveling the world and mm-hmm. exploring different cultures. So he does that, you know, that's his heaven. So that's amazing. Plus he's told me about this um, spirit school where he's learning new things about spirits. So that's where he is as well. So about like, spirits as in he's about, learning about his peers. Yeah. About yeah. what happens in the spirit world and about the soul and, you know, us on the earth plane and yeah. So does he have any messages for us on the earth plane? I mean, that, that's a whole fascinating world, isn't it? I, yeah. I guess people must get great comfort from like talking to someone like yourself and having messages from people yeah. that they were once close to. Do you yeah. do you find that like a real privilege or a responsibility to pass on those messages? Yeah, I don't class myself as a typical medium. Mm. Only if I had 10 guidance medicine readings, probably three of them would be, you know, quite a lot of those hours would be the dead relative. Yeah. Mainly I work with the Spirit Council and they actually connected to your soul contract. So they would tell me what's going on in your mind, what you've been thinking Mm. you should be doing, you know, things like that. So I just channeled that information. And then occasionally the grandmother might come in and like give me an apple pie or some flowers oh. and start talking to me about memories that's the gist yeah. of so then I would relay that yeah. yeah actually you might may or may not be able to answer this <laughs> but we were talking the other day in my group and we were saying do you think people change when they die or do you think they stay the same on the other side I think it's a conscious decision. I think, I do believe, because this is what I've been told by so many of them, I do Mm. believe there is a moment of what they say in the Bible of repent. So there is like this two-week window when the soul has left the Mm. body and is going to the spirit world. You go from different layers. Yeah. And I think you go to a healing station where (laughs) your soul is cleansed, but also you are showing your life. Yeah. 
if you were nasty or you did something wrong you would feel it so I do believe mm. that's where the repent comes from I don't believe in hell yeah you know? but then if you if you've done some horrific things I think to see it and to feel that that's probably technically your hell isn't yeah it? yeah um then I think obviously if you choose your own heaven you choose who you wish to be with yeah so you know you could be who you want to be so it's mm. what you learn through that repent bit is when you decide how you want to be and whether you want to stay in the spirit world and wait for your soul family or whether you want to reconnect straight away yeah. or you want to go off to be, you know, training to be a spirit guide, which I think is what my dad's doing. So, you know, things- That's interesting. Is that what you think spirit guides are? They go to spirit school and then they come back? Yeah. Oh, They're wow. a wise spirit. They've had yeah, yeah. They've, many, they've gone to lifetimes. university. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's brilliant. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. No, the reason I asked that, because we were talking about it the other day, and it was like, oh, yeah, because like, sometimes people think, oh, when you die, suddenly, you know, we become like the best version of ourselves, like the soul version. And I've had two experiences with people that have been dead, and I'm like, eh, didn't seem yes. that much different, actually. No. <laughs> and, I was, and so, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I was just like, yeah, they don't seem it's like they've changed that much. They want to show themselves to you. Yeah. So if you remember a grandmother and you really love her in a certain part of your life, you know, the memory mm. of that sort of timeline, she will come forward as that. Yeah. That might not be how she is. Her actual dream was could have been when she's in her 20s. Yeah, yeah. But it's how we recognize. And not a little old lady knitting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my nan. <laughs> yeah. She will come forward to really show you how you would recognize them. Mm. Yeah. So what next for you? Because you've had such, I mean, it's, the theme through all of it is creation isn't it I love mm. like holding that space whether it's like the clothing and so someone can hold themselves and be very confident mm-hmm. in the beautiful clothes that you've done or capturing them on camera um, or creating a sacred space for them with your like interior decorating so what next mm. you're opening up your sacred space now I'm assuming because we're like opening up um <laughs> is that back open in Cornwall to, for people to come and visit um, yes yes and no I'm hoping oh. to get something new built in my mm. garden so once that has been built yes I will be opening it up Amazing. I'm having a day yeah a full day retreat in June which I haven't you're the first one to know about that oh thank so you that's, yeah, <laughs> that, which I'm trying to create a really lovely magical sisterhood events mm. will that be in cornwall that'd be in cornwall yeah. Yeah. love cornwall lovely mm. food and mm. it's gonna be really really lovely so i'm gonna release that at the end of this month i have a my first book out in october so, congratulations oh thank you so that's a very beautiful book yeah that's all i can say but it's very beautiful watch this space we watch do like space. i say beautiful <laughs> is definitely the the vibe for you have you ever um heard heard there's a guy called john o'donoghue and he's written beautiful books anamkara um, but one of his books was called beauty and actually i wrote this in my newsletter yesterday it's like the book i recommend the most it's um I can't, it's called beauty it's got a subtitle but it, it talks about beauty more than being superficial and i oh, think that's is. really yeah beauty that you embody in all of your work and oh. he talks about like the beauty being in the rhythm and the seasons of the cycle the mm. fact that it's dependable and the beauty of music and it's in the pause and it's in the sound and it's like it's it's beauty but not as in like what our faces look like yeah. the aesthetic beauty it's yeah. like a deep reverence beauty that's and actually I th- that's very much that kind of 
like I know that that retreat you're going to create is going to be absolutely beautiful. I mean, it will look gorgeous, <laughs> but it will be beautiful. <laughs> you know? And it's like, because that's what you, that's what your whole life has been is like that dedication to that type of beauty rather I than people just on the, a journey. I want hmm. them to um, learn about fears and I want them to learn about sisterhood and play yeah. and receive readings and, you know, got so many fun things. And then to end it, I want to do a ceremony of honouring themselves into the element yeah. of fire. Not standing in fire, but make <laughs> commitment into fire, but witness. Yeah. So then you Forged into the fire. These yeah. wonderful tools to carry on the magic. Because you do cacao ceremonies too, don't you? Will yeah. cacao be involved with that cacao retreat possibly? Involved. Yeah. Yeah. How lots of really pretty vegan food as well for amazing chef. I've been like pretty and colourful. I, I just know. It's I just really like this is well. the, it's just this is the energy. Field. I'm keeping it really simple. Mm. I want it to be just a collective somewhere nice and a proper sisterhood. Yeah. Do you think it has been easier for you to be a witch in Cornwall than it would have been for you to be a witch where you were first born, or not really? No, doesn't really yeah. matter. I mean, yeah. but people do. If I tell them what I do for a job, I went to opticians <laughs> a month ago, and they say, "So what do you do?" And I said, "I'm a witch," and they literally just freeze and they don't know how to respond. And I, I think it's really funny. Like, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, we don't look like a witch." And, and I think, well, what is one supposed to look like? <laughs> Did you not <laughs> see my broomstick outside? And my pentagram. And then you see them with all the fear. Yeah, yeah. They put a hex on me. I'm like, no, and then they're fine. No, actually do you want me to put a hex on you is that your thing i don't know yeah. <laughs> see when i grew up in um Lou on the south coast yeah. it's like my first like the lady that lived four steps down she was a witch and, uh, and at the time i was like what on earth you know and then yeah. like my mum's like best friend who i used to spend a lot of time with she told me she was a witch and i'm like oh but in mm-hmm. i don't know there's something about cornwall because we're so far away from the rest cornwall, of the world there's lots of witches and i think it's very yeah. chaotic so you know definitely so like it's very time. Um, but my mum always said not to ever come out as a witch. She said to keep it very uh, private because she was worried of judgment. Yeah. So when I my should... mum passed, I took over her pentagram and then mm. came out. Yeah. Because I, I don't know, it's it's interesting because growing up in Cornwall, it's a place of myth and legend and lore and, you know, Arthur's everywhere, isn't he? But particularly yes. in Cornwall as well. God, he gets around. <laughs> but my auntie, who would go to the spiritualist church, she lived the other side of the country and like the whole family were like, oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? That's a bit weird. Yes. Yeah, because you know, they're East Coast people, <laughs> but yeah. us South Coast, you know, Southerners, Southwest people. It's like, oh yeah, it's good. Boss Castle, you know, go and see the Witch Museum. And it's just yeah, it's not normal. that it's part of it. It just I don't know, it just seemed a bit more normal, really. Yeah. But yeah, out once you cross the Tamar, <laughs> once you cross that bridge, <laughs> it's like, oh I definitely yeah. in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So tell us, where can people come and find you? Obviously, all of this be in the show notes, but where's the best place for people to come and connect with you? Um, Instagram, probably. You won't regret it, people. <laughs> and your yeah, and Instagram. YouTube channel very soon. My daughter's Brilliant. helped do that, yeah. And what I've, kind of content can we look forward to on your YouTube channel? It'll be more my lifestyle. I'm, I'm starting mm. with conversations we're just gonna have chats with my, my sisterhood and family and stuff. Yeah. And I'll be sharing my lifestyle. So 
Fantastic. I'm not going to be doing, I don't believe you should share things that are Instagrammable. My life is this. So I will just share it as it is. A bit like this podcast. <laughs> it's like, oops, there we go. You always say, is your house that tiny? I'm like, well, I don't have any kids at home. So it's really easy. Might be a different thing. That does sound quite easy to keep hold of. I'm like, dog, child. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, stuff everywhere. Yeah. That's brilliant. And where do you, what's the easiest way for people to connect to you? Do you have a mailing list or is it just to follow you along? Newsletter, and- yeah which is monthly so if mm-hmm. you want to sign up to my newsletter that's on my website um i always answer messages through instagram so yeah brilliant well emma thank you thank so you. much for thank such an entertaining conversation watch this space for june um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much you're welcome <laughs>